What's your price to do a cartwheel anytime you hear a stranger's baby cry? Or to know that within your lifetime, five bathroom visits will become surprise escape rooms? Or to see a random deceased 16th century celebrity standing by the roadside, waving and giggling on your commute to work? Let's find out. Ooh, spooky. All right, you know what that means. It's time to play Human Values, apparently. Your weekly stop for logical debates about illogical questions. Here to give each hypothetical the dialectical, put the O in comedy game show, and scratch that itch right there while you're watching Twitch. We are your hosts, Aaron Ruben Corny. And Lindsay Hicks. Also joining us today is a very special guest, comedian Sundeep Parikh. We about to get spooky and kooky. Let's go. You have a lovely beard, and as a bearder, I, I just I can appreciate it. Mm. The beard game is very strong right now from my perspective. You using product, bro? I have a beard oil that I use rarely. When it gets itchy, I'll use it. Mm-hmm. But usually, this is kind of au natural for the most part. You know, this is just natural Indian face oil that just, <laughs> just happens. Yeah, the beard is it's like, it's interesting because my parents are very anti-beard and wish that I would not have a beard. Why? In Indian, like in their neighborhood in, in Gujarat, in India, that's like, kind of how they denote Muslims from Hindus. Really? Yeah, totally. And so they're like, you are dressed like Muslim. And I'm like, um, I think I'm dressed as hipster from <laughs> from Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what, that was my theory at first. So I'm wrong. I thought your answer might be that it's something about like Western immigration integration, right? It's like they want their son to be clean shaven because that's... I think, th- I mean, there's probably some aspect of that, like where it's like, that's not how you show up to work. But I'm like, guys, I've been in the entertainment industry for 20 years. At this point, there's no one, <laughs> you should know that there's no boss at the other end of it that cares how I groom. Look, it's a complicated world that we live in, you know? Um, and parents are no, <laughs> no, no, no stranger to those complications, I guess. But also I feel like the world has changed so much where like even in the most corporate of corporate places, obviously maybe not on like Wall Street with like finance bros or whatever, but like in many corporate places, you can kind of look however you want to look. Like there was a time where like if you had a tattoo showing, it was a big no-no. And now it's like you can kind of show up with a beard. You can show up with a tattoo and nobody really cares that much. I think you're right. I think it depends on the industry, depends on part of the world you're in kind of thing. But certainly in our little enclave out here in LA, I feel like it does not matter how many face face tattoos you have as long as you're willing to get the damn job done. And often the more face tattoos, the better the the situation is for you. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you brought up religion too, because that's where I go with it is like, I'll wear or do anything, but I know I'm Jewish. So in my culture, you don't get tattooed. And so it's like, sure, you fit in very easily in the mainstream, but it's it's like, well, but the traditions of my culture, eh, I know I'm going to get a little side eye. Do I care? Nah, below grade, like really care. Yeah. (laughs) So do you have any tattoos? I don't. Recently, I've been buying necklaces of things that I want to wear as tattoos to help myself have it on me constantly because I'm working up the courage to get my first tattoo. Oh, gotcha. But like every time I'm about to do it, I'm like, well, like it's like that's what comes with like immigrant families and religion, right? So I'm like going to get it. I'm like, well, and then I start thinking about like 
the exodus from Egypt and the Holocaust and like all these things. I'm like, well, I'm glad I'm going to honor my like culture by doing the thing that you're not supposed to do in my culture. Like, it's just like, I, I feel like overwhelmingly privileged and I get guilt, which I guess Judaism's built on guilt, but I think all religions are. So what kind of necklaces you rock and just like some like tribal designs, some barbed wire. No, no, no. I usually have a couple on, but I'm not, I took a shower right before this and I actually took them off. I sometimes like maybe once a week, we'll take them off before I shower and like, I'll just put them aside. I don't know why, what determines it for me. But lately I've been rocking two necklaces. One is like a Japanese symbol for rest and it's on like a metal whistle thing that you use to breathe. It's like a breathing meditation tool. So for like mindfulness meditation, the other one is a jigsaw puzzle piece. Nice. People often think it's a, a autism awareness thing, but it's not. I use it as a constant reminder. It's probably the first tattoo I'll get as a jigsaw puzzle piece at some point. I use it as a reminder just to like make sure the people, the relationships, the work, the lifestyle, the habits you have, look for the things that click in properly. Don't force them and fray the edges just trying to make it work. Really look for what's the natural symbiotic organic click um, for anything you're doing in life. And it helps remind me because I think we all lose sight of that when we get pulled into the fray. I love that. So those are my badass necklaces to represent my badass tattoos those are pretty great necklaces i was gonna say like for me if i ever get a tattoo i don't have a tattoo but like my plan is to make sure to go to japan first and go to all those like spas that you're like not not allowed to go to if you have a tattoo oh right because you could be a yakuza right i didn't know about this oh yeah 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 would any of us on this call be on their radar as potential yakuza though um (laughs) listen i have a storied past uh we'll get into that later (laughs) But yeah, the, but there's a thing like you, like where apparently you can't go into certain cool places in Japan if you have a tattoo. If you have a tattoo because they think it, it implies that you are a danger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh. I mean, they, you're right. I think it was like a whole Yakuza thing, like to make sure that they're sort of keeping the Yakuza out. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it would be like, okay, clearly this five foot six uh, hairy Indian man is not Yakuza. Like we can, we can let him in, even though he's got his like Boston Red Sox tattoo on his ankle or whatever. Uh, <laughs> so, but I'm not willing to risk it. I wouldn't be allowed in. And that upset. I wouldn't be. I have a couple of little tattoos. You're as white as white gets, though. You're right. <laughs> yeah. But then, but you know, the Yakuza might want me to be a part of their team because I would be, I would be, you know, the least suspect you could infiltrate the spas that they need to get into yeah 100 percent. you'd be implicated i might just be doing an impression of a basic white girl who lives in los angeles <laughs> little do they know that's just real wow <laughs> you'd be keeping like a thousand year old ancient samurai sword in your tiny dog <laughs> <laughs> what i just want to go get in the hot tub <laughs> wait, wait. Hey, have we started the podcast yet yeah why not <laughs> This whole thing about it, like, Lindsay, I love this character of the, like, the Valley Girl LA white girl who is, like, low-key a Yakuza assassin, but keeping it hidden. Like, legally blonde for Yakuza. Yeah, this is your web series. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a little colonizery, but it's also, you know, what a tale. Yeah, I mean, it's basically Kill Bill, isn't it, in a way? A little bit. A little bit, yeah. It's like Kill Bill meets Legally Blonde. (laughs) <laughs> but instead of Kill Bill, it's something a little bit less of less like scary, like hurt Tom or something. <laughs> but listen, on that note, maybe we should bang the Toms, get a snare roll going and kick off the game proper. What do you guys think? Well, when you put it like that, that segue was so great. <laughs> oh, get ready to hop on and go for a ride. <laughs> listen, the way it works is pretty simple. It's going to be three. What's your price to do blank questions that are all just inspired? And Lindsay will tee them up at us. And the real issue is not what's your price, but what's the least amount you're going to take to do the task? 
Got it. And then we also look at like answers submitted by the listeners. People go to humanvaluespodcast.com, hashtag plug right there. But everybody, like we get a lot of awesome submissions from the listeners also, like what their price would be and some of their questions. So it's just a, it's just a romp. So if you're ready for a romp and you're not going to be like a little baby and cry about it. Can't promise that. Lindsay, maybe let's do another baby cry segue. Oh, okay. I see what you're doing there. <laughs> I'm going to hide these all over the place today. Guys, what's your price to do a cartwheel anytime you hear a stranger's baby cry? Mm. Oh, I get the segue now. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Wasn't yep. that fun? That was great. Yeah. Every time I hear a stranger's baby cry, I do a cartwheel. The price that I would that I would require for such a curse to be placed upon me. Should I do my baby cry, by the way? It's not why the question's here, but I actually do a baby cry imitation that I feel like. I think we should all do our baby cries and then just judge who's the best baby cry. Lindsay, you want to judge or do you have one? I'll be the judge because I don't really have a good baby cry. Sandeep, you go first. <clears throat> that was so good. Top that. The fact that that just came out of a grown man... <laughs> I'm beside myself. If I could drop this mic, I would, but I can't. <laughs> this is like the least masculine face-off I've ever had, and I'm happy about it. Let's go, bro. <laughs> Motherfucker. That was really good. <laughs> I'm so upset, Aaron. That was so upsetting to me. I think you win. No, I think it's a tie. That was the one that like a chill went down my spine. Yeah. Like I'm not, I had a really adverse reaction to that. I'm, which, not, I'm not upset at losing it. Uh, this, I'll say that. I don't know if I can say if there's a winner or not, but I can't say who, whose baby cry was more upsetting to me, but I don't know if that counts as the win. Yeah, that counts as the win. I always consider it a great day if I upset you too much. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think that is the win because to me, that's the purpose of the baby cry is to make you feel upset so that you go take care of the baby. So that's a great metric. Correct. Oh, evolutionary, man. Take that, Lindsay's ovaries. You hated that. Didn't go to the ovaries, that one. Did not go to the ovaries. It's TMI, but I'm I'm amused to have heard that. <laughs> so Aaron won. I, just, I think we should just establish. If the metric is the one that upset me the most, then yes, Aaron did win. I'm fucking out of here. I'm out. <laughs> Listeners, let us know who won. <laughs> Go on our Instagrams. Here's the thing that you guys don't know about me, I guess, which is fine, no, nor should you. I was a gymnast for 14 years of my life, competed nationally. And so cartwheels are fucking fun, easy and gleeful for me. <laughs> so this is a low price. Wait, I have some questions about your gymnastery. Of course, please, by all means. What kind of flips are we talking? Are we talking like round off, back handspring, back tuck, full twisting layout? Okay, look at you with the lingo. So I topped out at a double twisting um, double. It's a double double. It's basically a two twists, two flips. That's the best that like most people, like that's pretty advanced, right? Yeah, and, mo and I think I ever landed it like kind of once. <laughs> that was probably the best I could do. And then um, I was not that good. I'll say that. What do you mean? If you could do a double twisting, double flipping thing? Yeah, yeah. The thing is about gymnastics is it's all about consistency. And if you're not able to consistently do the trick, like probably my coach would be like, you never, you couldn't do that trick because I couldn't do it every time. Right. It wasn't a sure thing. Yeah, it wasn't a sure thing. So I didn't always compete it. I'd often just compete a double back or a full, full in or something. 
That's the real, the real metric. So yes, to the layman, I was probably an amazing gymnast, but to other gymnasts, it was like, uh, you know, I was kind of lucky to be there if I was, if I ever competed nationally or, you know, any sort of the, the major competition for me, it was more about, oh, I get to be in the front row seat watching like Olympians. Wow. Kick my ass. <laughs> so when did you stop doing that? When I went to college. Yeah. My college didn't have a men's program. So it was, it was, that's when I retired. That's when I hung up the grips as it were. You didn't want to be a cheerleader and do the whole like Missy from that movie, the cheerleading movie where she's like, your school has no gymnastics team. This is a last resort kind of thing. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Probably would have been a pretty good move, but I was like kind of toast on it at that point. I was pretty burnt. I did get asked in high school to be on the high school cheerleading team to be the mascot. No, you need to be out there flipping and shit. Yeah, yeah, that's what they wanted. But here's the, here's the rub. At the time, our mascots were the Redskins. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, you asked the Indian guy to play the other type of Indian guy <laughs> that they shouldn't be playing? Like, I don't think I'm going to do that. Not good. Not good. But I will tell you this. It was a hard decision because they sent the whole cheerleading squad to my lunch table when I was like a freshman to try to convince me. And it was an excellent pitch. Let's just say it was an excellent pitch for a freshman to be sitting at, at a table full of... The cuties. Hot girls, yeah. Flipping cuties. But I uh, had to turn them down. My coach wouldn't let me, actually. I, could, I couldn't compete on, in anything else besides gymnastics if I wanted to be on the sincere, you know, boys team. Needed all of your attention, dedication, time, commitment. So, okay, I got to ask this. So the price that, that I mean, we're talking h- how much like, this is a lump sum amount... It's a lump sum, typically. You could break it out if you want. But it's what I was thinking about is that it's anytime you hear a stranger's baby cry. So I didn't process that until now because I was like, oh, anytime a baby's cry. It's not anyone in your family, not your own baby, nobody that you know. Right. So you could just get to know your town. If you're on an airplane, you're getting kicked off of that airplane. Oh, my God. I love that. That's so true. Or I'd have to, like, make a whole thing about it, you know? Be like, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> or I can just do it. I, I think I can be quick about it too. I'm like. Be bad during turbulence though. Oh yeah, that'd be tough. It'd be scary. You'd have to fly private. Can you flip by the way, Lindsay? Can you do cartwheel? No. And here's the thing about me is that I was a cheerleader. I was a cheerleader in high school and I tried as hard as I could. I'm just over 5'8". I'm not a short girl. And I don't know why. Maybe it was my height. I don't know. But I could never get a flip down. I'm telling you, I went to classes, coachings, trainings for many years, like four years, five, and never, ever did one single solitary flip. I was a spirit girl because I couldn't do any flips. Could never learn how. It's not in my body. I don't like to be upside down. Yeah. But I can do a cartwheel. I can even do a a killer round off, Mm -hmm. but nothing more than that. But you could do a cartwheel. I can do a cartwheel. Oh. A lot of it's about, like, a center of gravity, you know, like where, where that is in your body. People who have it, like, I think more in your upper body can potentially flip better. I don't know if that's true. I'm just kind of throwing that out there. I'm just thinking about this whole Yakuza show for Lindsay and, like, the logo of it is her doing a cartwheel and it turns into a ninja star. Ooh, yeah, I like that. I just like the idea that your peak move is a, is a cartwheel, like... Like that's the, that's the move that everybody's waiting for. That's your like Van Damme split or, you know what I mean? It's like everybody's it's waiting finisher. for Lindsay yeah. Cartwheel in, in the episode. And that's when they know, oh, dang, 
she's ready for business. Oh, she's about to tear the house down. Yeah. There's a lot of public places that don't accept, like if in a grocery store, yeah, I'll do a cartwheel in a grocery store for sure. In a, in a movie theater, don't have a baby in there. The baby's not really taking it in. How about a funeral? Ooh. You have to do it in, you have to do it in the space or can I just walk outside and do a quick cardi and come back in? It's likely it won't be a stranger, though, at a funeral. If you're invited to the funeral, it's very likely that... You'll know the baby in question. Or and if you don't, then you the moment you see a baby, you beeline to befriend their, their parents. Yeah. Right. And just work a cartwheel into the beeline. It's a stranger's baby. So you just like, you see a baby, find a parent, befriend them quickly. Or if you're on an airplane, I guess you could go up to the parent and be like, hey, I'm Lindsay. What's your baby's name? No, no. It's not about the baby's name, though. Right? The the wording is anytime you hear a... But I mean, to make friends, you know, I'm just talking about an opener. Eh, don't waste time on the baby. You can't make friends after the fact to get you out of the cartwheel, I don't think. No, but before the fact, you could like kind of... If you can preemptively befriend... Oh, I see. You're just before the baby's crying, you just like you scope the area, find every every mom with a baby and you're like, yo, we need to be friends in like in like 10 minutes. Yeah. Like like if you go to a funeral, whoever you're with, you just be, I'll be right back. I see a baby. Gotta make their parent my friend. You gotta keep your head on a swivel for babies. It's kind of like wedding crashers, but a lot weirder. Oh, yeah. You know what would make this tough actually now that having a three year old is there's a lot of places that I go to that have you know, like parks that I bring Kieran to or birthday parties at jungle gyms or trampoline places or whatever that like there are kids and babies there. You're really saying all places that sound really fun to do cartwheels in like parks and jungle gyms. Yeah, get really high end earplugs. Yeah, I guess it's not a problem. But I'm just saying that like I'll hear a lot of strangers babies. Yeah. Um, and it's like you got to just you got to factor in fatigue. Like there's times that I'm like, listen, when you're a dad, like you're trying to come up with the laziest games possible. Like, <laughs> like I'm trying to come up with ways that I can play lying down and that he's going to still have fun doing, right? So I'm just saying this, this, this adds a little bit of complexity. If like, oh, that's the 20th baby that cried at this thing that I'm already exhausted and on my like fourth drip coffee at, it's going to be rough. But if you get like really good high-end like Bose noise-canceling headphones and you're playing Metallica on them and you t- you're teaching your kids sign language, you can start to get by with that if you like can preempt where you're going with like earplugs and, and headphones and something. Yeah. Okay. Right? You get the little in-ear Bose noise-canceling thingies. How quickly after you hear the baby cry do you have to, to perform the cartwheel? Yeah. Can we just rack them up and do like 50 cartwheels at the end of the day? Or is it like just reasonable? Like if I'm driving in a car and then like someone happens to drive by and I hear a baby cry, like I do I have time to pull over? Let's say within an hour, give you a little time to be safe. I feel good about this. This isn't that much for me. Oh, we're in such different places. What are you guys thinking? Do you have numbers? I'm going to have to fly private for the rest of my life because of this, because I really don't want, you know, long flights, things, weird stuff happens. So that's pricey. Fly private on a on a long jet so you can, oh, I guess you don't have to if there's no baby. But if you're watching a movie on that flight and you hear a baby's, a stranger's baby no, cry. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. Far. Oh, yeah. How? And this is for life, right? This is for life. What about when I just get so old that I'm like physically can't even do a cartwheel anymore? Stay limber, baby. So it's okay. I'm getting a trainer, by the way. I have a trainer for life retained in here. I mean, my plan is to, yeah, if I can't cartwheel, I'm, I'm kind of hanging it up anyway, I think. Okay, I have a number. Go for it. Kick us off. I'm going to go quarter mil. Ooh. Like it needs to be enough that I'm like, I could do something, do some damage with that. Would I want more? Yeah, of course. But I think that's like the lowest I would go. Because I think it's Fair. like, again, I really like cartwheeling. Really don't mind it. Doesn't embarrass me. All right. Lindsay, how about you? 
I'm just doing some math really quick. Let's do a, a mid-size jet to Paris. Oh man, they want my contact details. You're really worried about this plane situation. You planes a lot? Like this is like a... You know, I hope that there's a time in my life where I can be on planes more, but I'm on planes enough. I have enough travel for like, you know, work and stuff. You do fly a lot. You do fly a lot. I do fly a lot. Not the most, but you know, probably more than the average American. Okay. So what you thinking? $2 million to make sure that I'm, I, I'm protected. Like if I have to do a cartwheel in the mall, that's fine. I think you underestimate the cost of a private jet. <laughs> I think really? so. Dude, she is flying all month long. Really? Should I go more? Should I do $5 million? I think you gotta, honestly, I think you gotta add it. If you want private jet money, we're like, you gotta add a zero. Just buy a plane, Lindsay. And ha- at that point, maybe the cost of what, what are those like little, um, what are they, Cessna planes? Like to learn how to fly yourself to, around, a, you know what I'm talking about? Or I could get, you could get like the like semi private thing where there's like 10 people on a flight, you know what I mean? And I could like have a rule of like, I can't be on a plane with a baby. I'm allergic or whatever. With your little dog in your lap as you say that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. All right. So 5 million for you. 5 million. Okay. I'm going to say a million for me. I don't fly a lot, but. As you know, Lindsay, I had a bad snowboarding accident years back, and I have a really bad back and neck injury that is getting better, but it's still a real issue. So I don't even know if I can do a cartwheel without getting hurt anymore. So I would need to get some serious physical therapy to help me prepare to do cartwheels with my injury and then have a physical therapist retained. So I think a million dollars helps me cover those costs plus everything else just in life and the grievances of having to deal with that. Actually, I'm going to up it. I'm going to say 1.75. I want to cash the rest away for when I'm old so I can have two really strong dudes around that I can just snap my fingers. They come grab me and help rotate my body in the cartwheel. That sounds really fun. I kind of want that too. Yeah. Well, at first I said dudes, but now I'm starting to think of like maybe like one man and one woman each from those like bodybuilding competitions because I want to just have these like abstract Hulk-like versions of humans around me just to kind of be curious about. Just look at them. Just be like, huh. Yeah, and for diversity's sake, I think it's smart. Thank you. I like these numbers. Is it is the is this sort of test, though, to go like, all right, you said 1.75, but Aaron, here's a million dollars. Like a million dollars. You're going to say no to legitimately say no to one million dollars? I might turn it down only because I, I have such a serious injury that I navigate. I would need to make sure that as I age in life, I will have the support structure in place to help it not mess me up too bad. So I'm already factoring all that in. So I actually am not going to pocket, like I'd probably leave a lot of it in a private account just for that purpose. Yeah, you're trying to live off some uh, like the interest kind of thing for as long as you can. Yeah, I might take some sips out of that cup. But for the most part, that cup of coffee is staying full. I like it. Do you want to hear what Franklin had to say about this question or Jenna first? Uh, Franklin. Let's do Franklin's. Franklin said $750,000 and said, I'm not around a lot of strangers' babies, but I do imagine doing a cartwheel on an airplane every so often will cause me some trouble. There it's it is. It's a real thing. The airplane scenario. I mean, I'm not even sure I would have thought of that if you didn't bring it up, honestly. So that's a good call. And Jenna put 10 milski. Wow. And said, this will be a very quick way for me to make friends with all the moms at my daycare. There are a lot of stranger babies there, and I'd quickly turn into a gymnast if I don't start meeting all of them. Yeah. Jenna knows what's up. Okay. Wow. I love that. There's often times when our listeners say things that we didn't even think of getting to, but I feel like we're all very much on the same page on this. 
Oh, all that and the kitchen in sync with them. Speaking of sink and bathrooms and getting pissy. What's your price to know that within your lifetime, five bathroom visits will become surprise escape rooms? I love this one so much. Five bathroom visits? In your life. Will become surprise escape rooms. Five, and you don't know when they're going to happen. So you go in to make potty, and then mm-hmm. you're you're done and you go to turn the doorknob to leave. And then I got to imagine something happens like do And like you start to realize there's like a key that you have to find through puzzles. I don't I'm never just like going into the bathroom because I feel like whatever. I'm like, usually I'm like on a mission. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. can I can I do that before I start trying to solve puzzles? You're saying do, do you go potty first? Can I go potty first? Yeah, yeah, I think that's the idea is that they will be like you go in there. The question says they'll become five of them in your life will turn it will become surprise escape room. So you'll never see it coming. I have two very different numbers. One of them is if, have I been able to go potty for sure? Let's say yes. Potty happens because otherwise the whole escape room thing, I don't know about you guys, but if I realize it's an escape room, I'm still going to turn around and go use the toilet. Yes, that feels very important. Okay. I'm just saying like, what if the toilet is locked? <laughs> like it is part of the escape room? No, okay. I think it's just to leave. I think it's to escape the bathroom. I don't know about you guys. My number is going to be l- relatively low. Mine's going to be low too. But it's got to be bad if you're like you're let's say you're like somewhere for like a really important meeting with a big opportunity. Yeah. You want to take a stress pee before maybe a stress poop. Right. And then you're like, oh, shit, this like corporate office bathroom at this network is now an escape room. Yeah. Or I'm, I'm pitching at Netflix and I'm in the middle of it. Well, I would never go in the middle of a pitch. But yeah. OK. Yeah. But what if you go right before? I don't bet you guys. I always go. I always do a pre pitch pee. Basically, you got to plan your life around it. So you're like, okay, I got to make sure that if I go to the bathroom, I make sure that like the last time I go is at least an hour before this meeting to make sure I can puzzle my way out of this puzzle game before I go. 100%. It's only five times in your life. Like, like, what if you're having a kid and I'll do the man side of it, right? What if, you know, what if you're about to have a kid and you're like, I'll be right back. And then like you miss the birth of your child. Because you're doing that. Or as a woman, I guess, let's say you go to pee and you're pregnant and it's about to be time. And now you have to solve this escape room when you're going, you know, you're going into it. You're having a baby. You're trying to and then you're not going to be able to do a puzzle when you're having a baby. So I I don't know. To play the other the other side of that is like I kind of feel like I have enough bladder control that I would know that. And and I've also like held it long enough for big moments or time or road trips or airplanes or whatever where I've like. It's been hard. It's not been easy. But if if I know that it's going to be the birth of my child or not at that point, then I think I'm like going to hold it or maybe just not go to the bathroom and just piss my pants if it's that important. Boom. Diaper. Diaper that shit if you need to. Yeah. Maybe I'll be rocking some depends, you know, that there's no shame at that point because so I feel like there's a lot of outs. Yeah. If you go to the bathroom outside. Yeah. You're not going in a bathroom. Well, then it becomes an escape room. Maybe you can't leave the outside until you solve the escape room there. So it's even, you're fucked because it's a massive adventure in like that park. Oh, that changes things. So it's not just going to the bathroom. It's like anywhere you go to the bathroom. Well, the question is, what's your price to know that within your lifetime, five bathroom visits will become a... Visits. So I got to imagine. Okay. And also it's bathroom. It's not five rest. It's not five uh, urinary reliefs. Yeah. Yeah. Which would have been a weird way to structure that question. So I'm glad it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So it has to be going into a contained bathroom. Five excrements. Yeah. I guess you just build an, uh, not even an outhouse, but like 
you got to dig some pits in the backyard. Yeah, but only if it's a situation where you know that you're you're under a time crunch because right. you know that this thing could happen. But usually it's like, it's yeah, let's go. Yeah. You might, I might want to try to go to the bathroom even more often so I can try to get my five out of the way so I don't have to worry about it anymore. You know what I'm saying? Right. Get them out early. I will never be more hydrated than when I'm bored and alone at my house. Let me say that again. I think I'm like pretty much holding it. Like I, I, I'm like my wedding. I don't think I really went like how many times I go to the bathroom, like maybe twice or something. I don't know. Were you wearing a diaper then also? I think in this case I would have. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would have just rocked the diaper just in case. Oh yeah. I'm going full on wedding day diapy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they can work, they can work that into the, the dress and make that look elegant. Oh yeah. Have you seen phantom thread? You can, you can get creepy and fashionable real quick. Here's the other side of this is that I love room escapes, like love, love, love puzzles and room escapes. I love them. I think they're so fun. I'm crazy for them. So like to me, I'm like, okay, fine. I'm missing this meeting. Fuck it. Like at least I'm having fun. And you're in there with people. Like let's say you go to a movie and you're doing a pre-movie pissy and mm-hmm. you then realize it's in there. There's like a bunch of stalls. Like you're stuck in this escape room with probably like eight other people now who also need to get to their movies. That's a bonding experience. Or like at the airport, right? Your pre, pre-flight piss. I just love all these phrases with piss. Now you're stuck with like 10 people from different countries and you guys are salt- working together to get out of there. So I love that. I love the idea of like escape room bonding with strangers I think the the concern, I, now that I think about it, the fear would be like a really disgusting bat, like a really oh, unkempt, yeah, like a- you know, the ones that you're just like, it's like this gas station bathroom and you had to go and oh my gosh, it's like absolutely disgusting, diarrhea everywhere. Like or a rest like, stop, mid-state, interstate. Yeah. Ugh. Or like, I guess like a porta potty situation at a campground that's like really not well kept. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But also you could get really good, like all escape rooms, there are similarities. You could just do a fuck ton of escape rooms so you get really good you know all the tropes you know all the things that are going to happen so that like no but it might have to be at the bottom of the toilet like if it's at like a park like at a national park that gets cleaned once a month have you seen slumdog millionaire yeah do you remember the scene where the kid goes through that <laughs> through the poor body exactly. i was thinking about that yeah it's one of the grossest scenes ever but like yeah yeah, but no escape room would actually do that. If you go to an escape room. You don't know that. Lindsay, they're building a bathroom into an escape room. Yeah, they're going to use every all parts of the bathroom here. You got to get, I mean, you don't think that one out of the five times they're not going to drop it in a toilet, like a, a like a clue in a toilet. They're not trying to kill you. You could get a disease from doing something like that. You could get sick. And I don't think that the escape room gods are trying to make you sick. I think that this is a sanitary experience and I'm not sifting through poop. If if sifting through poop is ever going to be a thing that I have to do in this, there's no price. Hold on, Lindsay. Do you believe there are multiple gods that are all dedicated to escape rooms? Is this a theological belief that is a tenet of your identity? Maybe it is. I love that for you. Thanks. Us Hindus have a lot of gods. Do you have escape room gods? <laughs> Probably. It's <laughs> really cool. I don't see why not. That's really neat. It sounds like a Krishna thing to do. I'm just saying. He's very mischievous. It's a very mischievous thing to do to 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 do this to someone. But I do think that there have to be rules within it. Like in any escape room, there are rules like all the no poop, no poop. All the puzzles have to be solvable, like out in an hour, no matter what, you know, it's an hour. They come get you out if it's if you don't get out before an hour. Like there are rules like like an escape room. It's reasonable like an escape room. Cool. How about this, though? I, I still think the downside can be you're in a dirty bathroom. Like you don't have to touch the poop or whatever to solve the puzzle. But that but like, floor. There are sometimes like you just you're in a gross bathroom. And I think that's still fair play for one of your five. I agree. 
Does anything jump out at you ever, like a scary vampire guy that's like, oh, I'm going to eat you. Just kidding. Here's a light bulb that you have to figure out where it goes or something. I've done escape room where like people are playing a zombie the entire time. Yeah, I think 100%. I hate that. I did one where like there was a, a zombie on a chain and if you every I did that one. Ten minutes that go by the chain it gets goes longer. Out yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, that was so good. I thought that was such an awesome escape room. It was in like Pasadena or something. I can't remember where it was. Ours was like downtown, but yeah, it was that was great. Scary. And I did another one where there were like people trying to get into the room and at some point they get in. If like they capture somebody, then it's over. But like you can like hear them and like they start like the door starts opening more and more. And it was really actually genuinely scary. I was like, we're going to die. Yeah, I did one where there was like at one point one of us had to go in this coffin and it closed up and it was pitch black in that. uh, No, it wasn't pitch black. It was actually very sorry. It was very well lit in the coffin. And then it when it opened up on the other side, it was pitch black on that side and so then for the time for my eyes to adjust was like so long that I didn't notice that someone was like the the ring girl was basically just standing there like in the thing oh my god so by the time your eyes adjusted you're like no 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 (laughs) yeah oh it was like the most terrifying I was like this but that was so I was like terrified and then so impressed by the escape room people to like think that through So some of them are really scary. Some of the, like I did one that was just like a vampire's office, but nothing ever jumped out. It was just like a lot of like kooky, weird little puzzles. Okay. So like, like vampire middle management. A little bit. Yeah, actually. (laughs) Okay. This is all on the board for the rest of your life. There's going to be five times that you, by the way, if you want to get really shitty, I'm sorry. The question is, what's your price to know that within your lifetime? Five bathroom visits will become a surprise escape rooms. Technically the question is, what's your price to know something? (laughs) <laughs> so it's not actually to have happened, but I feel like that's not fair to use as a loophole. But it says will become. Okay, fair enough. Which implies it will happen. Yeah, I think it will happen. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I would probably not need too much because it sounds mostly fun as long as you have like diapers and sanitizing wipes kind of like on the ready and maybe your car trunk at all times, just like kind of ready to go, which as a parent, you probably do. But like, I don't mind it that much. I'm trying to think through the anxiety of not, like the part of the reason why my cartwheel thing was low was because I feel like it's a quick and I'm like, I'm, I'm over, like I'm over the obligation very quickly. Whereas right. like the anxiety of being trapped in an hour for an hour. You have to accept it. You have to case hurrah this one. You have to really reroute your life. So there's a little bit more of an inconvenience, I think. Yeah. It's anxiety inducing forever. And then also think about this. You are in, I'm sorry to bring it back to the airport, but you're back in an airport. You're in a bathroom with 40 other people. And then suddenly you're all stuck in there and none of you can figure it out. You're stuck in there for an hour with 40 people and 40 people miss their flight because you've agreed to do this. Meaning you will have to pay to change all of their flights. Well, they wouldn't know. No, they don't have to know it's you though. There's no way that they'd have to know that that, ha- that was your fault. It's true. You could do like a my bad though. Like everyone walks out there like that was weird. And you're like, yeah, so like what was that? Yeah. You're like that's so crazy. That was insane. It's never happened. <laughs> You could up your price a little bit just to factor in like a cash pool just to kind of like reconcile with people who this affects. So I'm going to add that to the number I was about to say. So I was going to say like three something. I'm going to say $400,000 so that I can have a pool of like, like let's say 30 to 50 grand that I have aside just for the rest of my life to just kind of do little convenience payoffs for people whom this affects if it's really bad. Otherwise, whatever. But like, otherwise, I think that that covers a lifetime of like, it's only five times in your life. Like that's not... It's not going to be that bad. 
Yeah, but it's every single day of your life that you're anxious about it. No, it's every day of your life that you're anxious about it. Yeah, just being like, okay, I got, I got to think this through. I got to think this bathroom visit through. Yeah, but you just choose differently. And I think you get used to having to relieve yourself in places that are in your control. So like if you're traveling, have like a something ready. So like, you know, the bathroom at the hotel is fine. But if you're going to go somewhere, pack your diaper. I think I'm going to have to be off coffee, like legit. <laughs> I think, I think, you know, diuretics are going to be, going to be scary for me in general. Uh, and so that's, that's going to be a lifestyle change. Oh, for sure. You, you do not want to have to go somewhere when you got a. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think it's, I think it's a significant lifestyle change. I'm going to go 500,000. I'm going to go half a million. I think a hundred thousand per event feels like I can justify like, all right, this is happening to me. Yeah. This is happening to me. I'm earning a hundred thousand dollars right now. I, that feels pretty good. I like that. And I feel like, okay, maybe that's worth it. I, I'm almost looking forward to it because I could use the money kind of thing. So you want to be paid out upon each event. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I'm like, why did I just put myself on a payment plan? That was really stupid. Uh, no, I'd rather have the upfront so I can start accruing interest and investing the money, of course. I just love the idea of you referring to these as as an event. So like, you're like, be right back. I got to go to the bathroom. Could turn into an event. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's my impression of you. You sound exactly like that. That's like dead on. I didn't know that I wasn't speaking. Yeah. Lens, how about you? Here's the thing. I don't like anything scary. The escape rooms that I've been to, like, fucked me up a little bit. I was scared. I was scared. I didn't like it. it caused me anxiety. I haven't been to escape room since the last one because it was so scary to me. Knowing that that could happen at any point, like, suddenly I'm, I'm thrust into what is essentially a haunted house that you can't get out of. I don't want that. And I'm very afraid of it. And it would cause me immense amounts of anxiety for my whole life. And I don't want that. I'm going to say to compensate for like mass meditation events I'm going to have to go to and the therapy, the medication, the yoga, the all of the stuff to kind of like keep me a little bit even keel because of the anxiety. I'm going to say $5 million. Dang. Is part of that to hire somebody who's like really good escape rooms just to always be your friend? To be your bathroom buddy? To be my bathroom bestie? I know exactly who you should hire my friend Maria, but go ahead. Great. She's hired. Gotta be so cool, though. You go to like a fancy place where they have like one of those bathroom butler people and like suddenly they turn to you and they get to do like some limericky thing with like tons of clues inside of it. Like you just finish and they hand you the little towel and they're looking for a tip like that little tip played out and they give you a mint. And then they're like, oh, did you know that 14 years ago a mysterious death happened here and you must solve it to escape? You just never know who's in on it. I love that. See, that sounds cute to me. But then, you know, I don't like the one where like the lights suddenly go off and they turn back on and you're surrounded by like, you know, dead girls that just came out of the the well. Right. Like an arm comes out of the toilet and slops down and. Yeah. <clears throat> that thing. Yeah. You don't want that. See, but that might be nice. That, that could be fun. It's just like you never know when your bathroom visit will be a good story to tell. And if you know it's going to happen, I don't know about you guys, but like I might actually be in trouble because. I'll never be surprised. So if I go to a bathroom and there's a serial killer who's like killing people in a public bathroom, I'll just let them like do their thing because I'll think it's all part of the, the game and not realize I'm about to be murdered. Oh, you're basically you become Michael Douglas. Kind of. Yeah. Except, <laughs> yeah, you don't know when the danger is real or not. Right. But love the game reference. Listen, guys, speaking of references, you want to hear a reference about what Joe had to say, what Greg had to say for their price. Greg. $100,000 for old Greg. Greg says, sure. Not knowing when this will happen is an issue. Sure. One or two could be when I'm in my 70s or 80s, which would slow me down. But I imagine the longest I'd be stuck there is an hour, general length of a paid escape room. I think overall, this sounds like a unique experience. The real question is what happens if I'm in a public bathroom with other people when this happens? 
well. We are all very much on the same page. Yeah. Greg gets us. Totally. And then Joe put down $300,000 and said, I love escape rooms. This sounds amazing. And I would love to learn the production behind how the logistics would work. I guess I'll find out as I solve only taking a large sum of money in case one of these random escape rooms happens during an important event. Samesies, Joe, Joe. Yep. Quick segue real fast, just to let everyone know that we appreciate you guys giving your answers here and playing along and the questions you guys send in and everything. It's just, we we love you guys. We love it. Uh, Lindsay, share your feelings in three words. Big. Quick on our feet. That's what we're all about. So if you want to be quick on your feet, head on over to humanvaluespodcast.com and just keep on answering the questions and playing along. Let's keep on going. Oh, look at this. This was submitted by one of you guys. This was submitted by Cryptod. Cryptod? Cool. Cryptod. 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 And the question is, what's your price to see a random deceased 16th century celebrity standing by the roadside, waving and giggling on your commute to work? If you try to take a picture or step out of your vehicle, they vanish. I'm not going to step out of my vehicle. You ain't stepping out if you see Michelangelo just smiling and waving to you on your commute. Actually, we live we live in L.A., so that happens all the time. Right. I was going to say. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I've seen weirder. Yeah, you could be going to like McDonald's and see Leonardo da Vinci like with a Grauman's Chinese theater. Exactly. So it's every day on your commute to work. Every day on my commute to work, which I don't commute to work because I live the writer, actor, director life. But OK, I get it. Every day, every day I'm in the car. Well, that still counts. Like I was thinking that too, because I work from home. So I have a home office. I, I think you do too, from what I'm looking at, but I don't know. Is my, is my commute to my, my bedroom to my upstairs office? Yeah. So it's like you're walking <laughs> through the hallway and you see like Copernicus <laughs> just staring at you. It gets to be like a haunting. Yeah. And does anybody else see it? It says if you try to take a picture or step out of your vehicle, they vanish. So I got to imagine that general sentiment is like, it's just you seeing them. Okay. I just want to make sure like it's not like, you know, if we're going to play the game that like it is in my hallway or whatever, then it's not also haunting my kid because that would change my answer. I mean, I'm bullshitting the answers here, but like that's the person wrote that. So I got to extrapolate and believe that they're. Well, they said vehicle. Yeah. Let's adapt it that like you're seeing someone waving and giggling to you on your on your route to work. And if you try to like show evidence, they vanish. So it's got, I got to imagine it's more of like a haunting. It's like a creepy haunting anytime you're headed to work. So I'm imagining in my head, I'm driving and I'm like, oh my God, it's William Shakespeare. You know what I mean? And I try to pull over, but if I see William Shakespeare and I'm like, you know, one day I'm like, whoa, that was, that looked like William Shakespeare waving and giggling to me. I'd be like, that's weird. And then the second day I'd be like, this is getting weirder. And by like the fifth day, I'd be like, okay, I got to figure out what's going on here. And so I can like, I can pull over and I can say, hey, are you by chance deceased 16th century celebrity William Shakespeare? And then he'd be like, yes, I am, you know, in his accent. Probably a dude in iambic pentameter. Yeah, exactly. I could still talk to him, but I couldn't document it. Yeah, you got to be careful, though, because it's if, <laughs> this is so dumb. If it's Machiavelli, you can't trust what they're saying. God, that was so lame. Good point, though. If I actually knew any specifically 16th century people, then I would definitely jump in. I'll tell you a couple. I got a list going here. Yeah, I have a list open in a window here, so I don't just know. Here's some real standouts to me. Mary, Queen of Scots. Ooh. Pocahontas. Oh, my gosh. Elizabeth Bathory. Do you know who that is? 
She was a serial killer who bathed in the blood of virgins. <gasps> nice. Because she was very vain and she wanted to re- remain beautiful forever. That'd be creepy. Yeah. Ooh, that would be a scary one to see. Like, what if she had a great complexion and you were just like, do I need to be bathing in the blood of virgins? Got any virgin blood, Elizabeth? Nostradamus of, is of that area, so that'd be fine. Yeah, you can be like, hey, am I going to... Is the United States going to survive the next 20 years? Don't got to be Nostradamus to know that one. (laughs) (laughs) Bam. A lot of kings, huh? Galileo. Did we say that already? Raphael. At least one of the Ninja Turtles. Not all kings, though. Martin Luther is here, but not Martin Luther King. No. Yep. It's different. It was funny to me. One of my friends would say it's uh, inside funny. A lot of Mughal emperors. Painters, heavy on the painters too. Yeah, yeah. Guru Nanak. Okay, all right. I don't know about you guys. I would, I would be fine with this if, like, if I get up in the morning. Yeah. Walk to the kitchen, make a cup of coffee, get a little cereal, walk back to my desk, and like on the way there, saw one of these people smiling, waving at me, and I knew it was because I accepted, yeah, you know, fifteen grand. Like, I could probably get good stories out of them to, like, like. You know, if you could like host a podcast being like, I'll tell, you know, I'll, I'm a medium channeling famous historical figures. People will like start to be like, wow, that's so much rich detail they have, even if they're crazy. You know what you could do? That would be so cool. You could hire one of those, you know, police sketch artists because you'd see these people and then you could like describe exactly what they actually look like. Ooh. And then get these like, ins- you know, super precise sketches of... Ponce de Leon. And I feel like there's a lot of value in that. I mean, people will think you're crazy or they'll believe you. So you're going to eventually become a cult leader. You'll be, yeah, but you can at least do cool TikTok videos and people will be really into it. So you will definitely go viral. Yeah. You could be like, hey guys, what's up? Just wanted to let you know that I did run into Leonardo da Vinci today. And boy, is he feeling himself. Like you could really just like, Make some fire TikToks. King Henry VIII? Oh boy, that guy was thirsty. He was thirsty or he had like thirst traps? Literal traps. I was amusing myself. You always hear of like, "Mm, that queen is thirsty. I just wanted to hear about a king who's thirsty. Yeah, yeah. I wish we had a cricket sound effect. That would have been a good moment. I like the idea that like on bad days too, you could like swerve at them when you're upset and and there's no consequences to hitting a 16th century person. So maybe you could get some rage out, road road rage out. You know what? I'm going to take the 15 grand. I don't need more than that. That'll be fine. That'll suffice for whatever it is. And I can make do with it and maybe come up with cool ideas with it. Like as long they're not going to bother me. Like if I really don't want to deal with them, I'll just like run to my room after I get my coffee and like, that's the commute done. You're not going to see them again the rest of the day. And if I'm driving somewhere, if I have an offsite office again, yeah, you just like, how would you even know that that person is that person? So, okay. I'm going to play the game again where you go. All right. So 10 grand, Aaron, you're not going to take 10 grand. I'll play the game with you. I'll take 10 grand. Can they hurt you? It's like, I'm, I'm trying to think of my lowest number, honestly, because I'm like, like this, it's just not, it's not a big deal. It could be pretty damn low. But it, well, it could go bad because it could drive you a little bonkers later on. But you know, it's happening. You know what I mean? It's exactly. not like you're like, you're like, what is it? What is it? Like you're not tortured yeah. by it. Yeah. You don't think you have schizophrenia or something like, you know, what's happening, but they can't physically manipulate matter, right? Like these are like proper ghosts that can't. I'll make up a rule. They can smell you. And you can smell them and that's it. I don't want to smell them. I don't want to. I made the rule. The rule's here. It's not going away. Having to smell, smell a dead person. They're not a rotting corpse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to. Do ghosts have a smell? This isn't a ghost. 
Isn't it like the person is materialized from that era? Yeah, and let's pretend that they're at their prime, like they're 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 at their hottest stage, Lindsay. Yeah, but I think in the 16th century, people like notoriously smelled very bad. Yeah, you're gonna have to deal with it. That changes my price, if I'm honest. Does it really? You're driving by them, <laughs> like you're really you're worried about. Yeah, this but stuff. if I see William Shakespeare, I want to have a conversation. But you won't know it's William Shakespeare. Oh, I'll know. And you'd probably w- be willing to like deal with his halitosis to talk to William Shakespeare. I'm guessing. Look. I think this sounds cool. Also, you're going to be trying to talk to them and they're going to be like wigging out. You're like, you're William Shakespeare. And he'll be like, what are these marvels around me? Yeah. Like he won't talk to you. I'm his entry into this world. He's a curious man. He's going to be like, you, you see me? And I'll be like, yeah, what's going on? And he'll be like, he'll be like what is this? And I'll be like, well, let me tell you he'll, about he'll it. Say, he'd be saying, he actually, where for art this? Yeah, exactly. But wait, this gets traumatic because then when you tell him, well, this happens, you tell him about it. He's like, wait, so now you have, you're like, I got to head to work. And you're like, well, great. He'll be like, so I have to die again? When you leave for work now, when you get back in your car, I will be dead again. Please don't go. Here's my answer. No, no, no. You'll be fine. And then I'll just leave. And then he'll die and he won't know any difference. Oh, that's. Like, why do I got to suffer through his second death realization? This doesn't say he can't get in the car with me. Oh, shit. I could take him to work. He could be my little work buddy. It's true. There's also nothing saying he'll die after you disappear. Maybe we give him like a 24-hour grace period. Lindsay, carpool buddy. Like, (gasps) huge bonus. Wait, wait, wait. Bathroom buddy. Bathroom buddy for the other thing. Oh, my God. You're going to solve bathroom puzzles with William Shakespeare? Yeah. Just hope one of them's not a crying 16th century baby. (laughs) Oh, my God. My number is, I think it's, I think it's a dollar. I think it's, I, I don't think say nothing. We accept zero. Yeah. I think zero. Cause I don't think there is a number where I'd be like, no, I don't want, I'd be like, great. This sounds fine. This sounds fun and fine and interesting. Yeah. Like there's no, I don't think there's an inconvenience. I can drive past them if I don't have time. As long as they can't murder me, I am, it's free. But if like it's Elizabeth Bathory and she wants to put my blood on her, I mean, I'm not a virgin, but like if she, you never know. <laughs> That could be scary. You're in the car. You're driving fast. Then they're going to disappear. Yeah. But if I want to talk to her, I'm going to be like, hey, you dead? What are you, are you the famous serial killer from the 16th century? And then she'd be like, yeah. And then she would put, throw a. Pursue you. Yeah. Throw a dagger into my forehead. T-1000 it. Yeah. <laughs> Chase you. All right, Lindsay, time to commit. I'm making sure they can't kill me. Can they kill me? I don't think they can kill you. I think they're just like an ethereal form present yeah. to interact with you and you can smell them. Zero dollars. Okay, then and what if they can kill you? How much? If they can kill me? Oh, that changes the whole thing. That's for every question, though. That's also like the escape room person could kill you. Like now you're just getting. What? I didn't know that was part of it. Now we got to go back to that question. No, I'm just saying you're just like. 16th century celebrities are notoriously unpredictable. Be brave, Lindsay, and commit. I mean, you could just purchase a weapon if you're that worried. Let's say you're safe. They're like an apparition. Okay, if they're an apparition and they can't manipulate matter, then no money. I would do that for free. So you guys with your zero dollars and me with my 10. Gosh. All right. Do you want to hear what Gemma had to say or Felicity? Gemma? Felicity. Gemma? G-E-M-M-A. Gemma? Gemma? All right. Felicity's up first at $15 million and says... This sounds terrifying. I don't do well in scary films, and I think this would cause a lot of trauma. Jump scare. Okay. Felicity's feeling Lindsay's vibes here with this one. Could be scary. And then Hema says $15,000 and wrote, 
I think I would become desensitized to this and would just become a normal part of my day. Here and there, I'd forget and it'd scare me. <laughs> but otherwise, it'd be the same as passing the local gas station. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I think it would scare you as much as like seeing kind of anybody on the highway when you don't expect to see like someone on the corner of the highway. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you ever see like a biker on the highway and you're like, what are you doing here? This is insane. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I think it'd be that level of fear. But they'd be like a ghost on one of those big bikes with the massive wheel and then the small wheel <laughs> from that era. A penny farthing. Yes. Lindsay loves a penny farthing. I love a penny farthing. Don't even get me started. Is that what they're called? A- yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Don't worry. They'll be back in fashion soon. Yeah. Very practical. Listen, here's the deal. To wrap up the show, we like to look at what in total each of us would have had to be paid to do everything today. But here's the deal. I've never seen such a widespread between the three contestants, if we want to be generous and call ourselves that. Lindsay, it's crazy, right? That's like a big divide this time. It's a big divide. There's a lot going on. Okay. So Sandeep, it's looking like $750,000. Man, I didn't make a lot of money on this. No, you're very affordable. Did not ask for a lot, but you really play. You asked for the least. In my opinion, the person who asked for the least wins. It's golf. This is golf. Okay, fair. That was going to be our show's name, but it was taken. This is, this golf. is golf. Yeah. <laughs> Just golf with a question mark. <laughs> the Masters. Aaron, you asked for $2,160,000. Feels right. And I asked for $10 million. Wow. That is two weeks in a row. You are silver spooning the hell out of these things, Lindsay. I really am. I don't know. I think it's just, you know, my solutions are costly. And that's why my boss is mad at me all the time. (laughs) I mean, I just think that these were mostly fun. (laughs) These were mostly fun curses. Wow. Can you write a review for us as a guest? It was mostly fun. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't mean the podcast. (laughs) The questions. The questions. Yeah. No, I mean, it, they weren't that they weren't that bad this week. These were yeah, pretty fun. Not harrowing. If people want to hear you talk about things that go beyond baby cries, cartwheels, and ghost escape rooms, what's going on? What can they check out? How can they stalk you? All the things. What's your social? I'm curious what their price would be to have to listen to me over and over again. Free. If they wanted to accept that curse, then they could go to um, twitch.tv slash funny, which is E-F-F-I-N funny. And that's, that's my Twitch stream uh, where we get into all sorts of silly things. We have our own comedy podcast coming up called ABCD. It's myself and Omar Najam, who are two personalities that are, uh, we're both personalities. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> we're both, we're both brown people. And uh, we want to talk, talk about being American born chatty desis. That's what ABCD is. Desi is like the term for that, the sort of endearing term for what Indians and uh, South Asians call each other kind of thing. Countrymen. We'll be doing our show every Sunday at 7.30 p.m. live on Twitch, and then you can catch it on on podcasts. And then if you just want to follow me and stuff, it's at Sandeep Parikh pretty much everywhere. If you can spell it, then you deserve to be able to follow me is what I say. I always like to challenge <laughs> my <laughs> the people. I don't, give, I don't give out Starbucks names, okay? I, I say when I go to Starbucks, I spe- say my full name. And and I force them to spell it correctly because I'm not thinking of myself. I'm thinking of the next Sundeep. No. Teachable moment helps everyone. Let's do it. Do you have a teachable moment you want to end the show on for somebody? Is there something someone out there needs to know? Do more cartwheels, you guys. Just like get out there <laughs> and get upside down. It's important, you know, kind of reverse the flow of your prana. Turn the world upside down for a little bit. Have a little fun. Stay active. 
And man, do we need some more empathy out there. Love without remorse. Spread the love. God, we need some more love and listening and caring and being kind to each other. Could not agree more. Well, we loved having you. Thanks, Sandy. Oh, thanks. It was a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. This is super fun. What a fun format. Not just mostly fun. It was fun. Just straight fun. <laughs> right to the veins. Well, that was a podcast pod blast. You know what I mean? Oh, I've been shot out of a rocket all the way to Funtown. Oh, I'm just snorting lines of sugar from how sweet that treat was. You know what else is sweet? Making the show for you guys. You know what we love even more? You guys and how much you love playing along. So come on over to humanvaluespodcast.com and help us come up with fun ideas. Send us your what's your price questions, the whole nine yards, and make sure you share the show. Linz? Oh, if you enjoyed today's episode, or if you just like this little show we make, please tell your friends. We appreciate it more than we could ever say. And if you want to throw a little bit of extra love our way, please for the love of all that is good in my apartment with Bagel, <laughs> leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app. And I don't know, maybe drop a rating while you're there and maybe we'll choose you for a shout out. Shout it out. We're your hosts, Lindsay Hicks. And Aaron Ruben Cuorneo. Special thanks to our guest this week, Sandeep Parikh. Our lead producer is Rob Goldman. Our producers are Shanti Brook and Aaron Rubin Corny. Our editor is Andrew Sims. Our engineer is Jason Portizo. And our music is by Omer Benzvi. All information, research, and advice shared on today's episode was expressed for entertainment purposes only. Statements provided by the Human Values host, production team, and guests should not be taken as professional advice or fact. Human Values is a human content production. Oh.